Welcome to Philadelphia Flyers Weekly, your home for Philadelphia Flyers podcasts. WBME Broadcasting. Each week we'll run down player news and franchise news for the Philadelphia Flyers National Hockey League Club. We'll also feature news from around the NHL and much more. Flyers Weekly starts right now with your host, Chris Smith. Well, happy holidays, everyone. Good to have you here for week number 10 of Flyers Weekly. How fast time goes when you're having, a, when you're having fun, huh? How about that? The new, HL, new NHL is definitely a lot of fun. Got to see a little bit of that myself firsthand. I uh, was able to attend uh, the uh, there was a Hershey Bears, the uh, Washington uh, Capitals affiliate in Hershey, Pennsylvania, right near where I live. Uh, went to check them out last night and uh, saw some of the young Capitals players there. The Hershey played the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, the uh, Islanders Farm Club, and a great game. You know, the AHL follows the same rules as the NHL for the most part. And uh, I-, I tell you, if you have an AHL team in your neck of the woods, make sure you go see it because you're going to see stars of tomorrow. You're going to see very similar play uh, as, of course, the NHL guys uh, w- for a lot less money, obviously. Uh, but it- it's a great, it's a great starting point. Uh, it- it, you know, I tell you another thing too. If 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 you're just kind of getting into hockey or you know someone who who, who you know is starting to get interested now with with uh, with a hockey season being back in and someone who wasn't a fan before but someone who's showing interest now take him to an AHL game I'm telling you it's it's great action I remember years ago I, I went to Hershey went to the Bears games quite a bit back when they were the Colorado Avalanche uh, affiliate and, and of course the Philadelphia Flyers affiliate years ago we're talking um, and um Went to see him last night for the first time in a couple years because since they've kind of left uh, the Avalanche or since they've left the, the Flyers organization, really, I really haven't paid a whole lot of attention to them. But went to see a game last night in a great game, uh, the, the Bears against the uh, Bridgeport Sound Tigers. And I uh, got to see some young kids uh, uh, for the future and watch out for uh, a fellow down there named Thomas Fleischman or Tomas Fleischman. Uh, I'm telling you, he skates like butter. Uh, looks, uh, I, I, he could be like someone like the next Forsberg. Uh, he really looks good with the puck. Uh, he had set up some good scoring opportunities last night. Really cool stuff. Uh, and uh, a lot of uh, young players down there, again, uh, that look really good. A lot of good shooting, too, down there. Uh, the f- I know this with the Bears, anyway. Uh, a lot of accurate shooting. Not a whole lot of shots that went errant or went, or went away from the net. There were a lot of shots dead on goal. Uh, and a lot of cool action there. And, uh, well, they won. Well, of course, the Bears did win 4-1 to against the, uh, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. And uh, good stuff, though. Check out an AHL game if you get a chance. Well, this is Flyers Weekly, and we're going to center on that for the rest of the show here. And uh, what a week has been for the Flyers. Uh, before we get started, flyersweekly at gmail.com is our email address. And, of course, our web address is philadelphiaflyersweekly.blogspot.com so make sure you check those out this week if you get a chance well some news this week and a trade that went down this week and kind of a surprising not really surprising trade um, when I first saw it because I, I knew something had to be done the Flyers kind of have way too many centers on the team right now and that's why this trade had gone down but the Flyers traded uh, Eric Malosh and Patrick Sharp uh, to the uh to the Blackhawks this week, and in return, Matthew Ellison came over, and also the Flyers picked up a third-round draft pick in the 2006 entry draft. 
Uh, so it was a good thing to see there. Matthew Ellison this year, uh, here's what we get in return, is, is uh, a player who's gone uh, 14 goals, 37 assists, and 51 points for Norfolk of the AHL last year. Yeah, I think he was actually second on the team in points and first in assists uh, for Norfolk of the AHL last year. So we know he can do it down there. Um, this year with the Blackhawks, Ellison is uh, three nine and twelve, three goals, nine assists, twelve points uh, in twenty six games. Uh, Patrick Sharp, almost an even trade here. You know, Patrick Sharp again, um, Ellison a winger, Patrick Sharp a center. Uh, just kind of an overabundance of, of of position here for the Flyers. Patrick Sharp is five goals, three assists, eight points this year with the Flyers and uh, with the Phantoms last year. Patrick Sharp, of course, you probably know this. He was a quite a, a driving force in in the Phantoms, winning the Calder Cup last year. 23 goals, 29 assists, 52 points with the Phantoms last year. So, again, Patrick Sharp, um, the Blackhawks say they needed a little bit more speed. They needed a little bit more agility. Well, look at that with Patrick Sharp. Sharp never really quite got into the games like he, he may have been able to. Maybe, you know, he was playing something like 8 to 10 minutes a night, something like that. We talked about him last week. had a couple goals against the Islanders. He was starting to really come around and really show some life. Uh, but, uh, of course, the Flyers just have way too many... Uh, overabundance of positions right now on the team and we'll talk about what Hitch has to say about that here in just a minute um Here's what uh, Bob Clark actually had to say about uh, about the trade. He said, uh, we felt that with all the injuries we have had, that Matt would bring more versatility to our lineup. He can play center and wing. We always felt that Patrick was a better center. We have lots of centers. Even though we have some injuries right now, we just felt that Matt was a better fit for our team, although we realized that we gave up a good young player. So right there, I mean, sometimes, you know, you're weak in an area. This is typically how just how the game works. You're weak in an area. you got to give up something with, with a little bit more value to get to bolster, you, you know, a position out your weekend, and that's what the Flyers sound like they did here. Um, Hitch also said he didn't like using R.J. Umberger or Mike Richards at, at, at wing, and we saw that uh, the last couple weeks. Uh, Richards playing a variety of positions and a variety of lines. Same way with R.J. A variety of positions, a variety of lines. Um, of course, uh, with Forsberg now back in the lineup, uh, the center spot, of course, crowded again. And you, you, I noticed, too, in the games this week and even uh, the Minnesota game on Saturday, yesterday, um, you saw um, um, Mike Richards in there with the uh, Forsberg line. And, of course, Forsberg playing center. Richards is out in the wing. Uh, Mike Knubel out in the wing. So Richards is still kind of getting shuffled around. I think it's a good thing with these young players. Keep them shuffled around a little bit. Get, uh, get them on different lines. I think Hitch is just trying to uh, trying to find a, a good combination there. We'll talk about that, too, here in a minute. Um, Hitch goes on to say, Patrick is a natural center, not a wing. And we have too many centers, of course. Uh, we heard uh, Bob Clark say something about that. Hitch says that's all this is about. We had way too many centers. So right there is right there's the answer for you. Patrick Sharp goes off to the Western Conference in the Chicago Blackhawks, and we get uh, Matthew Ellison in return and a third-round uh, entry draft pick uh, for the uh, 2006 season. Uh, so, so I'd say some pretty good news, pretty much an even trade. Um, the other fellow we sent, Eric Maloche, was down for uh, for the uh, for the Phantoms. Um, don't really know a whole lot of stats on him. I don't think he had a whole lot of points this year, but uh, probably a pretty even trade. And uh, it looks like we got uh, Eric um, 
or Matthew Ellison and uh, some much-needed depth on the wings. We're going right to Hitchcock's corner here, and we're talking about special teams. You know, with this trade and everything, and, and an overabundance of center uh, of the center position, we got to talk a little bit about special teams and, and what Peter Forsberg uh, has meant to this team as far as the penalty kill, especially. Here's what Hitch had to stay, say on the Flyer special teams this week. He says, well, you've got a lot of new people there. You've got a lot of people in the power play who haven't played there all year. These things are going to happen. Hopefully in a couple weeks will be a lot better. But when you lose both of your quarterbacks, meaning Gagne and Forsberg, uh, you're going to have an adjustment phase. You know we gave up two shorthanded goals today. Uh, speaking of, um, of course, this being the Edmonton after the Edmonton game. Both, they were both off scoring chances of our own. And when you've got young players playing back there, those are mistakes that are going to happen. That's the way it is in the NHL, and we'll get better with it. Of course, Forsberg's back now. Check out this stat. Uh, stat. The Flyers were 3-for-33 during the power play without Peter. Pretty amazing stat. We all know what Peter Forsberg brings to the team. We all know what, what an asset he is, you know, how he handles the puck and how he handles himself out there in the ice. It's amazing. You know, P- Forsberg, I noticed it yesterday again. Forsberg gets the puck and, and, and the opposition just, just, just freezes. They stand there and they stare at him because they don't know what he's going to do. And God forbid he draws a player towards him to go get the puck. It doesn't work. You know, the players go after Peter. They go after the puck, and Peter's already passed them. It, it doesn't uh, It doesn't work. It's amazing to watch how the opposition just stands there when, when Forsberg gets the puck. Um, but, again, Flyers 3 for 33 on the, on the power play without Peter the past couple weeks. Uh, of course, with Forsberg back, uh, Hitch has a lot more options uh, to go to during the power play. Flyers are actually one for seven on on, on on Saturday's matchup against Minnesota on the power play. Of course, Peter Forsberg with a point, assisting uh, Kim Janssen's uh, power play goal. So a good thing there. You know, I've seen anybody, anybody from Mike Richards to Sammy Kapanen uh, join Forsberg and Knubel in the power play line. So, again, you know, we talk so much about special teams here on the show. We talk about penalty killing. We talk about power plays. And, and the power play uh, has been good until Forsberg went out. Uh, and all the shuffling that's going on, and now Gagne's out. Um, not really quite sure. I mean, Hitch just has to, is probably going to keep shuffling the lines around. And... Uh, Again, like we said, we saw Richards, we saw Kapanen out there yesterday. Uh, Jeff Carter has joined. Um, it seems like Jeff Carter has joined Forsberg and Knubel on the five-one-five uh, line, the the, the the normal strength line. Uh, so a lot of juggling going on with all these injuries, and of course with Gagne out, just kind of accelerates everything and makes everything uh, really get twisted. Um, talking about Forsberg's return, here's what Hitch had to say about that. He says it was huge. Obviously, uh, Peter is not in uh, not in the game shape like he was before he got hurt, but it is huge for our hockey club. It gives everybody a lot more confidence, makes our power play have some chemistry and some continuity continuity on it. And that's that, there's no doubt about that. And again, you know, you saw if you saw the game uh, on Saturday against uh, the Wild, you'd know that Forsberg coming back and we mentioned it all before, he gets the puck on the power play, the opposition just stares at him. And uh, we you know, we we talk about the other players contributing and and you know, Making the shot, making the goals happen. You see it with Simone Gagne, who leads the team with goals. You know, if Forsberg just gets the puck to him, it happens. Well, now you're seeing, like, Mike Knubel 
uh, getting being the recipient of that, and the Canoe was getting some more chances now because you know, we saw it yesterday. Canoe had a, had a, a hell of a chance uh, to, to drive one home, and he just missed the pass for Forsberg um, in front of the net there, in front of Manny Fernandez. Um, but uh, again, the, the return of Peter Forsberg is just huge for this club, and it's good to see um, it's good to see that working again. Uh, we talked about the lines uh, in the power play. We talked about Mike Richards and Sammy Captain joining Forsberg and Knubel. Uh, it also looks like Richards, Hanzus, and the Sim line is back together. We talked about them a lot earlier uh, in the season, and it seems like uh, probably one of my most favorite lines to watch because John Sim just gets in front of the net and causes a big ruckus. <laughs> pretty cool to see. Uh, but that, that line seems to be back together. Uh, 5 5 even strength line, I should say. Freddie Meyer, who was re- recalled from the Phantoms, uh, back on defense, and also Dennis Seidenberg uh, filling out the uh, defense on that line. Uh, and it seems like Jeff Carter is joining the Forsberg and Knubel line. You remember the Jeff Carter experiment from earlier in the season. Uh, you remember that Hitchcock uh, tried to put uh, Carter on that line, I believe, instead of Mike Knubel. Um, and didn't work out. Didn't work out. It was, remember, Jeff Carter just didn't really seem apprehensive on that line. Well, of course, you know, eight goals later for Jeff Carter, here he is, and he looks a lot more confident now, and uh, he's definitely playing a much more physical game now than he was earlier in the season, and uh, it looks like he's getting some playing time with Forsberg and Knubel out there. Uh, regarding the injuries, and, uh, you know, of course, Gagne out this week with a, with a growing tear, and uh, the injuries just keep mounting up. Here's what Hitch had to say about that. I found that if you live on the hope that in 25 games it's going to even out, it doesn't even out. You just have to work through it. You never know how things turn out. We've had players come into this organization because of injuries. RJ is a perfect example and has become a very effective player and probably has beaten players who are hurt out of jobs. You don't know that stuff until you get going. We don't know where Dennis and Freddie are going to play. They know for the next month that they are going to be on our lineup every time. If you think that all of a sudden you're going to get healthy, it doesn't work that way. The only two long-term ones we got out there are Keith and Eric, and we don't know when those two are going to return. We have, def- we have definite dates on pretty much everyone else, but uh, it's been one of those years, and uh, we have to keep going. So there you go. There's what Hitch has to say on the injuries. And you look, it all kind of funnels back. You know, everything that happened this week with the trade with Patrick Sharp and, uh, you know, the line juggling, you know, R.J. Umberger being in there. We're seeing him getting a lot of playing time. We're seeing Jeff Carter getting a lot of playing time, things like that. Maybe some of these injuries, you know, and, and guys like R.J. playing, maybe, you know, the reason Patrick left, obviously, was because of injuries. But uh, Hitch said it right there. You know, it, it's costing some guys some jobs. And, uh, hey, why not? You know, you got a young player like R.J. Umberger. We don't talk about him a whole lot. But uh, he's getting some playing time. He's making things happen. He's getting chances. Uh that's what you need. To, that's what you need to look for with these young players. And we talk about it a lot about the young players stepping up for this club. And you've seen it. You've seen Mike Richards, who scored the shootout goal, um, the game winner uh, against Calgary on Tuesday. You see Jeff Carter coming to life and really, really looking like a strong player. We talk about R.J. Umberger. We talk about John Sim, even though he's not considered the young player anymore. Uh, he's still young, but obviously not a rookie. But we talk about John Sim getting in front of net, uh, in front of the opposition's net, causing a ruckus in front of there, making scoring chances happen. You saw some goals from the point this week, some long shots that were shot in. We also saw a power play, which was completely 
completely ineffective against Edmonton on Wednesday. And obviously, again, going back to the injuries and putting and mixing up the lines and getting the lines together, getting new guys working with different guys, you know, the, the things like the power play may struggle for a game or two until these injuries work their way out, until Hitch gets the lines together. Um, again, a prime example was the power play on, on Wednesday against uh, – or Thursday, rather, against Edmonton, against the Oilers, looked horrible. Looked horrible. Uh, Flyers had plenty of chances, uh, just got the puck back to the point, kept cycling it, couldn't get an open lane, didn't get the shots. I think it's a cause and effect of the injuries and, of course, putting new players together with, with different players. I think once we get over the, this hump here, you're going to see a completely different Flyers team come January, come February. Um, and I think once, especially once, once some of the injured players come back, like Eric, like Keith, uh, you're going to see a completely different Flyers team. And I think it starts after the first of the year. Of course, after January and uh, once things get straightened out here, once Hitch works on these lines and gets these lines working again and gets the players working with, with new people and gets them familiar with new teammates I th- when, when they're on the same line, I think things are going to be good. I think you're going to see a very explosive team come the new year. I think you're going to see a Flyers team which is going to probably fly past the Rangers because I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure the Rangers are playing awesome hockey there's no doubt in my mind, they are a surprise um, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to hold it up or not um, we talked about their schedule, they're going to have a, a, a low or lax in their schedule here to, here coming up and uh, Flyers are going to get some of those games back uh, that the Rangers have played, of course more games than the Flyers, the Flyers will get some of those games back so we'll have to see how uh, how things how things turn out here. But I really think come the first of the year, you're going to see a completely different Flyers team. And uh, that's when the hockey really gets good. After the first of the year, once the Olympics are over and the schedule kind of settles down a little bit, look out. It, uh, it could get really, really good in Philly. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, injury report for this week, well, it's, it's as long as uh, it is any other week. And uh, we're adding names, we're taking names off. But this week, the biggest name is uh, Simone Gagne. Growing strain out two weeks. Um... Also, Turner Stevenson, he's day-to-day. He plays some games, some days he's scratched. Uh, so it's it's obviously day-to-day with, with someone like Turner Stevenson. Uh, Eric Desjardins uh, hit hard by, I think, Darren McCarty uh, in, in the Flames game. Uh, they say it's a right shoulder subluxation or something like that. Uh, not a not a uh, a dislocation or anything like that, but uh, it's going to keep him sidelined for eight to ten weeks. Uh, Yoni Pickenin, uh, sports hernia, had surgery this week. He will be out four to six weeks. That came as a shock to me when I heard that. Uh, Brian Savage, he should be back soon. He has sprained uh, sprained knee uh, way back in the middle of. Uh, that happened way back in the middle of uh, November and against Pittsburgh. Uh, so he should be back soon. Um, Again, Brian Savage, one of those guys who makes chances for himself. Not a whole lot of goals in a year, but you watch Brian Savage play, Brian Savage makes a lot of chances for himself. Making chances for yourself typically leads, and you keep doing that, you're going to have a lot more goals. The, the, the goals will come. They will happen. Make the chances happen. Of course, Keith Primo out with a concussion. He is feeling better. He's trying to work towards uh, stringing consecutive days of workouts uh, together. And... Uh, they say that, uh, well, the doctors say that he's he's progressing very well. Uh, Keith says he's feeling better. And, uh, of course, the consecutive good days of working out are, are coming along. Uh, so good news there to get our captain back, hopefully soon, hopefully uh, shortly after the uh, 
on the beginning of the new year. I'm going to take a quick ID break. We'll be back with a week in preview. We'll also hit the mailbag this week uh, and uh, get some of these emails out of the way. Hang on. Your home for Philadelphia Flyers and Philadelphia Phillies podcast. WBME Broadcasting, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Now, back to more Flyers Weekly with your host, Chris Smith. I'm glad you could join me for uh, week 10 of Flyers Weekly. Flyersweekly at gmail.com and philadelphiaflyersweekly.blogspot.com is our homepage. Some games coming up this week, more Western Conference games. They're sure, they sure are fun to watch because uh, the Western Conference just seems to have a little bit more speed than the, than the Flyers do, than the Eastern Conference does. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. It's a little bit different angle of play that you get to see. Uh, but this week, more Western Conference teams. And Tuesday, the uh, Blue, Jack, Blue Jackets, the, uh, the Flyers play in uh, Columbus over in Ohio. Interesting thing with the Blue Jackets. Uh, you know, they are not having a good year. They are not winning a whole lot of games. Um, they are second to last in their division. But boy, do they have some names on their team. And to everybody's surprise, everyone thought that Columbus was going to have one of those years and be one of those surprise teams. And everyone thought that Columbus was going to uh, give a strong run for their division. Uh, but they're not. But uh, Columbus, the, the likes of Sergei Fedorov, Rick Nash, Adam Foote, um, but here's the issue with uh, with Columbus. They are last in the league in power play. They are also seventh in the league in penalty killing, though. Uh, but they have a they have a they they have a goaltender problem. There's no doubt no doubt about that. And Mark Denis, the name sounds familiar to me because he's a former Hershey Bear. Uh, he came from the Avalanche organization, uh, but he's got a 3.38 goals against average this year, and he's kind of their starting goaltender. That's you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle, in, in, not only in the new NHL, but you would have really struggled in the old NHL. You know, of course, there's more goals being scored now, um, but you know, Columbus is in the last two thirds of everything in, in the league, in the entire league, it seems, except for penalty killing, which is good uh, for them. Uh, but they're just they're just not winning games um, right now. And, and like I said, they, they have the names. They're maybe struggling a little bit with the, with the, with the goaltender situation. Uh, I remember seeing Mark Dene play for Hershey, and uh, boy, boy, we see good back in the uh, the late nineties. Uh, but uh, seems like uh, he's kind of had a little bit of a struggle here. It's not always the goaltender either. Um, you know, you look back on 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 the defensive for Columbus, and uh, you know, there's there's not a whole lot there uh, that that I can see. Maybe struggling there. I don't know. Either way, uh, the Flyers face the Blue Jackets on Tuesday, the 13th. And again, a game that the Flyers should go in there and um, they should be able to test out maybe some more line combinations uh, against a potential weak defense here. Uh, and hopefully some of these youngsters, uh, we talk Mike Richards, we talk Jeff Carter, can keep it going for themselves. Keep the confidence level up at this point right now. That's the main thing with the injuries and everything going on. Easy to get down on yourself. Keep the confidence level up. <laughs> hey, you know, maybe playing a, a team like Columbus is going to help. Of course, St. Louis later in the week. Uh, but sandwiched in between there is Vancouver. And uh, Vancouver playing great uh, hockey right now. Um, you're going to just see more of the same that we saw with Calgary, that we saw with Edmonton, that we saw with Minnesota. In the Vancouver game, you're probably going to see a lot more speed. You're going to see lots of scoring. Uh, they are in the top ten in pretty much everything in the league. Power play, penalty killing, goals uh, for, ex- things like that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, down the line. So Vancouver, very well-rounded team. you got Todd Bertuzzi having a, a good year uh, returning. Uh, 
Trevor Linden, the longtime Canuck, uh, Marcus Nasland, uh, Henrik Sedin, um, a lot of a lot of good goal scorers on that team. A lot of a lot of players on that team, which make things happen, make make chances happen. So uh, that is actually at the Wachovia Center. So a big advantage there for the Flyers. Uh, of course, Saturday the seventeenth, uh, the St. Louis Blues away, and not a whole lot to say about the Blues other than they are, and they believe I believe have the worst record in the NHL. And of course, they are. Right now, the Blues are just, I think, I, w- just without an identity right now. And uh, so another game for the Flyers, you know, I'm not going to say any of these games are, you know, a sure win for the Flyers uh, because you, anything can happen. But uh, they sure face two teams this week, which are weak, and uh, they have an opportunity to go in there and, uh, and make some things happen and uh, hopefully get these young kids uh, some more play, some more playing time and, uh, of course, confidence fits in with that. Well, going to the mailbag this week, and I wanted to get some emails out of the way that uh, I've kind of been procrastinating on a little bit. I wanted to talk about one here I got from Casey from Alaska. Thanks for checking out the podcast, Casey, and uh, uh, thanks for sending me an email. Casey says, um, uh, with the recent spat of injuries, do you think this is Hitchcock's best coaching job ever? I think he has done an incredible job considering he hasn't had a regular lineup since training camp and with all the AHL guys. Well, that's a good question, Casey. And I'll tell you what, I'm I'm not really sure with the background that Hitch had over in Dallas. Um, But I do know this, that Hitch has made the playoffs something like um, seven, eight out of ten years in the league. Um, So if there had been any injuries, he's worked with it no problem. I really think that Hitch has really made the injuries almost seem obsolete. The only time you're hearing about injuries is when the press brings it up and decides to beat it into the earth. Um, and uh, I've seen a lot of articles on, on the Flyers' injuries. Um, you got to put things in perspective, and Hitch has done a great job doing that. When he's speaking to the press, I think he's just gone out and done it. You put things into perspective. Yeah, you, ha- you're, you're, you have a lot of injuries right now. You put, uh, you put a lot of guys out that are veterans. You have a, you're left with a lot of youngsters. Uh, the youngsters are going to make mistakes. Uh, we talked about you know turning the puck over in a neutral zone. We talked about uh, missed scoring chances, things like that. You know what? The mistakes are going to happen, but you've got to look at the bright side. You've got to look at the Flyers right now. Uh, in second place in the division, trailing you know the, the team with the winning, winningest most record in the NHL and the most points in the NHL, the New York Rangers. It's a pretty good position to be in with all the young young players. Uh, so, you know, you talk about Coach Hitchcock, uh, you can't ask for anything more. You can't ask for a better coaching job than what Hitch has done so far with this team and these young players. Very easily. Uh, it, it's very easy for a team to get out of hand or for the coach to lose the team after all these injuries to the veteran players. But he hasn't done that. Everything's been been in check, and uh, everything has uh, everything has worked out pretty well for the Flyers. So put things in perspective uh, when you think about this Flyers team. You know, it's easy to get down on the, on, on a Philadelphia team right now with everything going on uh, in the city sports wise. Uh, it's easy to get down on the Flyers, but if you look at the bright side, you look at the young players and that they're second place in the division uh, behind the Rangers, uh, we're in pretty good shape. Uh, so it's a very positive thing I think that Coach Hitch, Hitchcock has been bringing to the team. Uh, I think he's working very, very well with these youngsters. So could this be the best coaching job ever for Coach Hitchcock? Well, hey, you know what? Uh, I think every year is a great coaching job for him, but uh, I think he's just doing a standout job with these youngsters for a while. 
Also want to say thanks to David uh, from Austin, Texas, uh, who I, I talked with a couple weeks ago, and uh, David call, uh, had emailed back back uh, back when we had talked about the officiating in the league, and uh, we, we saw some more controversial calls this week. And uh, in fact, you know, when I was at the Hershey Bears game, there were there were a lot of them. You know, we're coming to the to the point I think in, in the season where. We're just going to have to start accepting it right now, and until you know, maybe after the first of the year, and and maybe after the end of this year, once the rules are really fully known a hundred percent, and the referees start getting a little bit easier, a little bit lax with some of these rules, I think we're just going to have to deal with 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 with, with some with some controversial calls, and you can only hope at this point. Um, that if your team misses, doesn't get a call, it comes back later, and and you get a call that wouldn't normally be called. Uh, that's the only thing you could hope for, some sort of redemption like that. Um, you know, and until and like I said, until you know the referees kind of get a little bit of a better hold on this game. Uh, you know, you got guys like Chris Lee who call everything. You know that 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 moves everything. There's an arm up all the time. And then you had a game like we had on Tuesday uh, where the referees just let everybody play. The Calgary Flyers game on Tuesday where, where everybody just played. Wasn't a whole lot of penalties. The teams came out, played a physical game. It was great to see. That's what the new NHL should be about right there. It should have been a model game that some of these referees were looking about, looking at. But, uh, you know, we talk about the 5-on-5 five five hockey. Then we talk about the 4-on-4 four four hockey, you know, in the... Uh, and the overtime period, I think it's, uh, I, I think it's a great change, I really do. And uh, the new NHL, as we call it, uh, and all the uh, with with all the controversial penalty calls that we've griped about over the past couple of weeks, I'd say it's a pretty a pretty cool thing. Um, the only thing, and you know, I was talking uh, about David here from Austin, Texas, in an email he had said. Um, uh, he had said that maybe the, the officials need to adjust to the new rules just the same as the players do. The difference is that we're paying to see the players, not the officials. Uh, so I have no tolerance for a learning curve. And that's something I do agree with. I still don't think the officials need to or, or should should determine the outcome of any game uh, just because they're there and they want to call, they want to make calls. Uh, and I agree with the, with the learning curve. The officials really need to know the game better than anybody else. The officials need to know what's legal, what's not legal. Uh, mistakes are going to be made. That's what I'm referring to when I say, hey, you know what? Well, you, you you may need to deal with some 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 crappy calls. That's that's just the way it's going to be. You can deal with that. I, I can see that. But uh, of course, determining the outcome of these games, uh, you know, the referees re- really have to be careful because a couple times this week, again, you know, we saw the Flyers late in the game um, uh, either go shorthanded or get, or, you know, or you know, the best part is getting a power play. Uh, but it's it's these calls late in the game which aren't obvious penalties. Uh, which really get me and really kind of, kind of get me uh, fired up. So, hopefully, uh, like I said, uh, at the end of at the end of the uh, at the end of this year, um, this calendar year, maybe beginning of the next, uh, you know, hopefully some of these roles uh, can be tweaked a little bit, and uh, the referees can get a better feeling on on the game themselves. Uh, that's going to just about do it for this edition of Flyers Weekly. I want to thank you very much for joining me. I'm Chris Smith. FlyersWeekly at gmail.com is our email address. And PhiladelphiaFlyersWeekly.blogspot.com is our home page. We will see you next week after the St. Louis Blues game. And uh, it'll be another week full of Western Conference teams. Until then, have a great week. We'll see you next time.
You've been listening to Flyers Weekly on WPME Broadcasting, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Make sure to join us next week for another edition of Flyers Weekly. And make sure to join us online at philadelphiaflyersweekly.blogspot.com. And make sure to send us your emails at flyersweekly at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.